0: Let us love one another, that with one accord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is, and ever shall be. Thank you, beloved in Christ. A frog is placed in a pan of water that is heated ever so slowly. He may never notice that the water temperature is rising he will neuroadapt to the slowly heated water and be unaware of the danger though there may be no barrier to his escape he is as likely as not to remain in the pen and as the temperature continues to rise he may boil to death his sensory capabilities fail to warn him in time, that action is required for his survival. And if you climb into a hot tub, we won't take it all the way, but if you climb into a hot tub, it pays the edge in slowly. The water can be unpleasantly hot until you get used to it. If you step into a swimming pool, The water can feel too cold. But after a few minutes, you may get used to it. Alternatively, a sensory experience might be pleasant the first time it happens. But the effects may soon fade. In the holiday season, the wonderful scent of pine wreaths or a flower bouquet can disappear in a few minutes. Once we get used to it or the smell of incense that was so strong when you walked into the church? How is it that we get used to it? Scientists have long studied this phenomenon, and they've given it a name. It's called neuroadaptation. Neuroadaptation. And the same biological and psychological, or psychosomatic, psychosomatic, pertaining to the soul or the psyche and the soma, the body, psychosomatic phenomenon takes place with any constant or repeated stimulation. The turning on or the dimming of lights, you have to adjust to it. Exposure to loud noises. The tasting of bold, spicy, and rich flavors of food, and so on. This neuroadaptation takes an intense or extreme experience and normalizes it. What was once frightening or exciting, resulting in a stimulation of the nervous system and therefore heightened emotion and often the release of what's the pleasure chemical called dopamine in the system, this eventually becomes less intense, less pleasurable less enjoyable, and we seek more. More flavor, more intensity, greater extremes, more stimulation, which we equate to greater pleasure and enjoyment. The psychological dictum of the ever-stimulated modern person is, more is more, though most would claim to desire the wisdom to of the ages that would want to claim less is more. But I think our lives prove the contrary, that we are ever stimulated and insatiable. The constant seeking of pleasure and enjoyment will often result in a plateau through neuroadaptation. And what was once fun, exciting, enjoyable, stimulating becomes status quo and boring. We seek more. And when more is not enough, and it's never enough, we find ourselves miserably addicted and struggling with disappointment in ourselves, enslaved to the pursuit of a pleasure that's ultimately unattainable. And this is the lot of anyone who's struggling with addiction. Most of us have this relationship with food. You hear that? Most of us have this relationship with food. And sometimes beverages. Have you told yourself or anyone, I have to have a cup of coffee to get my day started? Have to? Or I really need a beer or a glass of wine, etc. This very language of have to or need is not just a figure of speech, It's an adaptation to constant expectation that I will be stimulated by these things that I put into my body. In a sense, we've convinced ourselves that we cannot function without these stimuli. Rich, complex, processed foods, stimulating or depressing, I mean relaxing, beverages, entertainment, drugs, nicotine, marijuana binge-watching of television and videos online, so on. The more dependent we become, the less exciting these activities are, and ironically, the more normal they feel. It used to be that I could step outside and take a deep breath of fresh air, and experience the cool breeze upon my face, and enjoy the warmth of the sun. Now I have to draw a chemical into my lungs, or sit beneath an artificial light for hours, I used to love listening to people tell stories or to read books, and now I seek and never really find stimulation through endless hours of shows on larger and larger television screens where nothing is really on. Does that sound kind of familiar? Often these behaviors are what we would call passionate ones. These are things that we become increasingly committed to even though they only work temporarily and never really leave us satisfied, And the same goes to our exposure, goes for our exposure to sinful behaviors, immorality, exposure to sexual stimulation, content and entertainment, and the constant bombardment with anti-Christian and contra-biblical ideologies in the world that we live in if we're constantly watching the news, constantly listening to the radio, constantly talking to people, mostly, a lot of times, online these days, where lifestyles and behaviors are contrary to our faith and contrary to the nature of reality, things like this are being discussed, then we will slowly become deadened and insensitive We will adapt to sin. We see it happening all around us. And we come to think that it's normal or okay or maybe even good. Maybe even good for anyone at any time to seek what it is that makes him or her feel good. And of course, when I come to the conclusion that it's okay for anyone else to pursue pleasure in his or her life, then the implication is that I too can pursue pleasure what brings me pleasure and makes me feel good. This begins as an implicit aim and ends up being the explicit aim of each and every person. And there are two problems with this. One, it doesn't work. And two, it's often pursued. I won't say accomplished, but it's often pursued at the expense of other people. Contrary to this life of adapting and becoming desensitized to sins and passions, which is self-destruction and slavery, we're invited to live a better way. We heard in today's epistle reading, did you hear what St. Paul said at the very beginning of the epistle reading? You are a temple of the living God. And let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, and make holiness perfect in the fear of God. How do we cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit and make holiness perfect in the fear of God? Do you guys have 10, 20, or 50 years available? Or maybe 70 or 80? This is going to be a long homily. I'll continue it next week. But it happens by committing ourselves to the pursuit of union with Christ more than we're committed to the satisfaction of our desires. It happens by reclaiming our impulses. And rather than giving in to them and convincing ourselves that living on the carousel of seeking pleasure and never really finding it, I need to seek that which is higher, that which is better, and that which is true. And even beginning with the realization that that I can do this. I can. And I'm here to tell you that if you're here, living and breathing, then you can begin on this path. The path to healing always begins right now. As one of the prayers... And the prayer books that has always ministered to me, says, it's in the morning prayers, God grant me a good beginning. Today, God grant me a good beginning. And practically speaking, this means we have to make changes in our lives. We have to begin to moderate our exposure to the endless stimuli often in the form of digital media, food and drink. And we have to become bored. My kids are not yet convinced that it's good for them to be bored. I'm working on that one with them. We have to reverse our spiritual and neuro-adaptation through changes in our behavior. And this is one of the benefits of fasting. You know, looming... No, not looming. Shining on the horizon is great and Holy Lent. Fasting, for example, is not just about replacing rich and sumptuous animal foods with plant-based alternatives that give nearly the same effect. Not quite, right? But the aim is to eat less. The aim is to eat simply And along with this days of fasting are most properly observed with abstinence from addictive behaviors of all kinds. And not just so that we can return to them when we don't have to fast anymore. But to come to the realization that there is much that we don't really need. And our joy and pleasure are not dependent on external and artificial stimuli. But true joy is to be found in discovering the freedom that we have to love God and to love others, which can happen independent of whether or not you have a particularly enjoyed the food or the content that you've consumed on any given day. And often our ability to love is increased when we find less joy in the things we consume. And more joy in identifying ourselves with the freedom and ability that we have to love, to give rather than to take. Beloved in Christ, this is one of the Sundays that's warming us up in anticipation of the season of Great Lent. We need to take heed to these holy tremors so that we will approach the season of healing and repentance seriously rather than feeling surprised and disoriented by it. So we begin now. Start this week by reminding yourself that less is more when it comes to external stimuli. Moderate impulsive behavior. Give give yourself pause and think before you act, before you speak, eat, drink, watch before you're consuming in any way. And especially on Wednesday and Friday of this week, truly observe the fast. On Wednesday and Friday of this week, eat less. Fast from digital content. Make them days with no television, no videos. And if you need to, fast from watching the news for the day or checking your news feed. If you simplify in order to draw near to God, see, not just to abstain from something. But in order to draw nearer to God, He will not deprive you of knowing that which you need to know. And you won't be missing out on much. Begin the process of undoing this desensitization to sin. We need to become more sensitive to sin. More discerning. Increasingly wise. And aware of the ever-increasing temperature of the water around us, so to speak. Instead, beloved in Christ, it's time to wake from our sleepless slumber and our self-imposed slavery. There's a better way. I want to conclude with the words of the Holy Apostle Paul. Let's take them to heart. Hear these beautiful words of St. Paul. Paul from his epistle to the Ephesians. Be imitators of God as dear children. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us in offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Now their filthiness nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Remember, there is restoration from these things. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once in darkness, but now you are the light of the world. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness and truth. Find out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them first within yourself. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Amen.